Good evening, everyone. This is uh, Skinny E Media here to present you with yet another brilliant podcast. It's been gaining quite a bit of traction lately, especially with our ones that we do about music and adult animation and anime and whatnot. Today, we're going to be doing about superheroes. That's it. Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, whatnot. And here we have Bobatron or Rob Bavister. How do you do? Hey, hey. <laughs> I'm good, mate. I'm good. How are you? I've been all right myself. Um, thankfully, you got me at the right time because these past few days and weeks have been a nightmare. Not just with uh, the Shinzo Abe assassination, Roe versus Wade overturned, Boris Johnson resigning. Well, that's very uh, good news. Uh, uh, job loss as well. So oh, yeah, I've been trying to seek for you know, employment and whatnot, trying to get out of my little shithole uh, I belong to. But that's another story. I could go on about that, but I'm not going to. We're going to talk more about Marvel and DC and whatnot. But um, if you like, where did you get your super origins or your love for Cape Crusaders from? Let's start with that, if you like. Well, I mean, it's the initial love for it. I mean, well, what kid wasn't into freaking superheroes when they were a little, um, little sprog? You know, you, you had your Superman pajamas and your Spider-Man pajamas, which I grew out of way too quickly. Um, you know, there'd be reruns of um, 60s Batman on TV or the 70s, the Richard Donner Superman movies. Uh, so, of course, I knew both of theme tunes to that. I think I, think I watched one or two of those uh, campy 70s Spider-Man movies when I was um, very little. So I knew about Spider-Man. Uh, those have made, obviously main top three I knew about, Superman, Batman, and Spider-Man. Um, yeah, and of course, I mean, I remember my brother showing me the, uh, the 1989 Tim Burton Batman movie uh, when I was a kid. Of course, that's a completely different tone to the 60s Adam West show, and not just because Robin isn't in it, but there's no theme tune, there's without the humour, and it's a lot more, lot more sinister. I mean, judging by the, compared to the Dark Knight trilogy, it's quite camp, but um, all in all, it's still quite, yeah, I mean, obviously you can see the, hard to fathom the impact it really had back at the time. Uh, so yeah, then of course, later on when I was 11, I started reading the Spider-Man comics that were based on the 90s cartoon, which I also watched along with X-Men, and it sort of spiraled from there. That's before like they started becoming these box office bomb. Uh, explosions, which are essentially now licensed to, says to print money. At the end of the day, I mean, they're doing real big business um, for Love and Thunder, which I know you saw just recently. Um, it's presumed to be making about 176 uh, million USD. That's pretty I impressive. Haven't it's... read that as of yet. It's only just come out, but I mean, I can imagine it's going to make some bank there isn't a single mcu movie say for maybe the 2008 incredible hulk that could be described as underperforming but yeah it'll do i can almost guarantee it'll uh it'll be in the top 10 highest grossing movies of this year mark my words uh, there's that's... absolutely no mistake in that there my experience with uh, superhero titles is a little bit unusual um i was never really a person that grew up on Superman and Spider-Man and whatnot and Batman, I knew what it was. A lot of my friends were into it, but it just had no appeal to me as much. 
I remember the first superhero film that I ever saw was The Mask, which is a PG film that I know we have sort of inferred on a few occasions because you said it was quite violent for a PG. I guess from that regards, because of the mafia gangland setting and some of the sequences, but it was so much fun and cartoonish. I, it was hard not to ignore. And then I, you know, for a long time, I just wasn't interested. And then came Spider-Man, which was the, one of the first 12 certificate films I ever saw in the cinema. This was before 12A. Just um, before 12A. In fact, I mean, it was pivotal in making it, uh, in making the change. Oh, yes. Um, that's the film everyone you know refers to when they think of that particular rating, which is having its 20th anniversary. And also, I got an interview with one of the BBFC people you can check out on my website. Um, Sarah Peacock, we discussed about the 20th anniversary of that controversial rating that people treat as if it's a PG, but it never was meant to be PG 2.0, if you know what I mean. But um, Well, PG, you know, pl- PG Plus, or you could describe it as, I mean... Like you mentioned the mask, and it's a bit violent for a PG. As I've mentioned, I'm certainly sound like a broken old record. It was PG 13 stateside, and if nowadays released nowadays, it would be 12A. Uh, but because you know 12 was restricted back then, it had to be PG because it's something kids, parents want to take their kids to go see. I was nine when I saw it. I thought it was great, loved it, wasn't scared. Maybe a five year old might have been scared, but damn, it was a funny, damn good fun riot, and they were just absolutely. Uh, hilarious as hell so i mean yeah they they had no choice but rate pg back then if you ask me well it was also probably because of our pressure from the distributor entertainment film distributors which for some reason hasn't been really much in business these days lately they don't have the rights to a lot of the new line cinema stuff because they sold it all to warner brothers but um yeah that's a movie i unfortunately i didn't see at the cinema because i was was not seen films in the cinema until 1996 or late 1995. But I do remember seeing it on like BBC Two or something and we taped it. And I always kept watching that tape over and over again. Now, there was a bit of uh, trepidation on my parents' part because they thought, okay, maybe it might be a bit too much for you know someone that young when I first saw it. I don't like telling people my age, but um, there was a bit of question marks, particularly doing the scene where he hits... Um, a man's face with a golf ball, golf club, and then some gangland shootouts, and then some sexual innuendos involving the Cameron Diaz character that made them a little bit on edge. But they saw I was very happy that I wasn't aroused, I probably shouldn't have been because I don't like blondes. But I saw it, and here I am. I didn't pick up much of a... I was nine when I saw it in the cinema. I didn't, like I mentioned earlier, didn't pick up a lot of sexual dialogue. I mean, sure, I thought Cameron Diaz was fit, but that's about it. But there was the uh, the humour. There were the action scenes, which I found really a bit exciting. Uh, so, yeah. But you say you didn't go to cinemas until you were... Um, well... Was so, it 96, 97? Yeah. Like I say... 96, 95. 95, right. Well, you don't want to mention how old you are, but I think uh, you've... I've already... You might have told me one time. So knowing what I know, which I'm not going to... That's not that late. Well, I suppose. I mean, well, you're a lot older than me, so you probably got to see a lot more things, more adventurous than I have. Um, We do sometimes get a bit jealous at one another that he got to do something that I couldn't or vice versa. But, you know, no pressure nonetheless. Um, But yes, um, The Mask is uh, to this day my favourite superhero film of all time. It never gets old. Um, I also, you know, saw the Spider-Man 
I didn't care that much for Marvel, but I saw it because, hey, you know, everyone else wanted to see it. It was a 12, and I saw it before 12A. Um, and frankly, um, I, it, it didn't phase me, really. Um, I, I, you know, I still remember that movie to this day because I saw it like a few weeks before I saw Men in Black 2. And uh, they, they had a weird look at me because um, I believe at the time, and I, I will say this openly to everyone, I wasn't 12. So I did break the law, unfortunately, or at least my father did by bringing me. But um, because I was such a tall kid, they probably didn't think too twice about it. And um, I probably probably would have. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see my first uh, 12 rate film until I was 11. That was the cable guy. I then also saw Independence Day the same year. Well, uh, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. OK, well, yeah, I think. Most 11-year-olds could handle Cable Guy because it's Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey in a Jim Carrey film. and But I know some people were freaked out by his um, schizophrenic personality and madness. I wasn't. Especially that scene where he tries to terrorize Matt Broderick in the alleyway. I just want to hang out. No big deal. Well, I didn't really... Um, to be fair, I wasn't particularly scared of it. Either. I mean, it was just... Uh, it was just... But then again, I think I was just too young to understand what's meant to be so scary about it. I just thought it's Jim Carrey doing Jim Carrey's, Carrey's stuff. Uh, but yeah, but obviously that's not a superhero movie. So um, I think we can... Uh, that. So I'm guessing you didn't obviously didn't see the uh, first X-Men film out of cinema. No, I saw that or much later. I. I got that at Choices one time. You remember Choices? I don't think I do, actually. It was like Blockbuster, a video DVD rental store. Uh, we got that one time. It was like back in a 05, 04, because I saw at the time X2, X-Men United. Um, it's not something I, I, I cared that much for, but I was a little bit upset at the time when I saw the ads for it that, oh, it was 12, I couldn't see it. But um, yeah, it's a bit of a strange world if you think about it. Um, but then, well, you know, jumping on, Going on to my superhero experience, um, if anyone asks, you know, not only Mask, but I'm also a fan of Incredibles, which is a use certificate, but it's an awfully violent use certificate. PG um, rated stateside as well, so yeah. Oh, yeah, so um, I know you haven't, you saw it, but you didn't notice it that much, but um, there were scenes of uh, a woman being strangled. Um, this goes on for quite a while, and then some... Uh, ruffians try to hit a guy in the alleyway that that was quite on the rough edges and several other things i think at you you know if you're talking about superhero violence it's mostly just like slap bang wham sort of thing you see on early batman maybe teen titans go but um incredibles was a bit of a notch up from what i was probably used to but at the time i saw incredibles i was watching a lot of 12a stuff anyway so it you know but it did caught me by surprise. Uh, it's definitely yeah, one of I Pixar's heard. most mature films. And um, another... Su- Sorry. I'll say, yeah, that's probably true. Probably true. I mean, I keep getting Disney, uh, Pixar being a lot of subject. Disney does tend to do uh, stay off of more edgy stuff. I mean, uh, this could have gone in our... Um, oh, Christ, what we're talking about? In our animation one. Uh, we talk about but, Disney um, as well. Yeah. Or at Disney, because they did the Bugs Life about, um, or A Bugs Life in late 98, 99, early 99. But uh, DreamWorks did Ants as well. well. And of course, you could really tell the difference because one's, cl- one's the 
Saka and Kitchy one. The other one's a edgier, grittier one. Uh, was it not answers in that gritty? But it's like it does give really. This is a '90s PG. There's a bit of swearing. It's aimed at a more mature audience. You know, I mean, I was 13, 14 at the time. I wanted to see Ants. Didn't want to see see Disney. But to me, that's always been the difference between DreamWorks and Pixar. I mean, Shrek was with a was a that was DreamWorks, wasn't it? And of course. Yeah, and that was a youth certificate, and that had quite a bit of uh, adult humor. And uh, I think there was a headbutting and uh, a few other things there in between. Very, very possibly. But in comparison to Finding Nemo, it was certainly a lot edgier and everything. And that's that really does almost say it all about the difference between the two. Uh, the, well, the, uh, the the two studios. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, again, we're on about superheroes. Let's not get distracted. <laughs> Well, superheroes in many ways are related to the animation companies in question like DreamWorks and Disney because, well, Disney has uh, Marvel to their disposal and Star Wars. And then DreamWorks did release Megamind and Monsters vs. Aliens, which uh, have elements of the Cape Crusader or the Ubermension that Nietzsche often obsesses over, otherwise known as superheroes. And then there's Warner Brothers, which has DC. Oh, yes. um, Well... DC's, you know, one of the, the big players, although not quite as much as Marvel. They've had a few flops here and there. But if I were to roll the dice and say what my favorite of the three is, weirdly enough, people would laugh at me for saying it, but I'll probably go Dark Horse. Well, it's because the mask is probably that was from Dark Horse. Hellboy mm-hmm. was from Dark Horse. And Dark Horse also released the Elfin Lead manga. So I, I'm a little bit inclined to share my allegiance to them than I ever was with DC Comics. Now, if we're trying to sort of um, differentiate between the uh, three camps, Marvel-wise, my favorite one is Black Panther and the first Ant-Man, but I hated Ant-Man 2. Those are uh, titles I would go out of my way to talk about as far as film ratings and censorship are concerned because those are pretty standard 12s, 12As. But Ant-Man, I think, is a PG as it's a no, sequel it's in not. Australia. Well, okay, maybe in Australia. All Marvel films have been 12A. That, no, you're, you're right. Except for like Fantastic Four and Fantastic Four 2. I, 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 mean the, I mean MCU. I mean the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We don't... That started with Iron Man. That, so when I say Marvel, I literally do mean the, the, that Marvel Cinematic Universe like that the Avengers films are tied into. Not the stuff like the uh, Sony Spider-Man films or the X-Men or Fantastic Four films and and shit like that. All right, right. Um, <laughs> my my apologies there. No, it's I'm not all right. It's, a big it's superhero guy. I I come from a more sort of animation background and whatnot. But I do get what you mean. What well, if you're talking about MCU? Then yes, um, Black Panther probably you go to. I mainly like it because of the politics. I know that's no, going to make it. a lot of people on the far right very angry at me. But oh fuck them. Fuck off. <laughs> that shit. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the same with fucking what's it? Captain Marvel. Of course, it's a, got a bit of a girl power angle, and that course got the chuds pissed off. I mean, okay, there was Wonder Woman before that, but from the DC side, I, I think Wonder Woman was better. Uh, Wonder Woman might be a bit more controversial due to starring Gal Gadot, who's um, been a, had some pretty uh, controversial opinions to be as uh, centrist as I can on the Palestinians, but. Um, yeah, but the actual film, the first Wonder Woman film, was pretty damn boss. Uh, Captain Marvel wasn't as good as that, but I, I liked it. But no, I mean, you are right about uh, Black Panther. I mean, yeah, 
when it Although, came to the oh go on when it came to the political missions uh, political issues black panther was on the money i even found myself uh, sympathizing with killmonger the villain because i knew well i say i know he's come from i'm white so obviously i can't really f- know what it's like but uh you know i mean i couldn't find myself i couldn't bring myself to disagree with him on um, well I, I i totally understand that he, he you know he's mainly the sort of if you're a politico like me you probably would relate to him in his plight with the same thing for Mugabe. He's more Mugabe than he is uh, Mandela or Desmond Tutu. Why I would say this is because he used violence to get his way, but his plight and anger against um, European imperialism and uh, racist attitudes and violence against uh, black and African communities um, definitely struck an accord uh, with people who have that persuasion, but it has led uh, people, particularly on the far right, to denounce the film or call it um, woke dreck um, is the best way to say it. Um, I, I, but at the same time, the movie made so much money, even in countries where there are no black people, like China, like Poland, and it didn't ban it. So it, it was probably mainly as a result of the film's superhero elements and it being tied to Iron Man and Captain America is probably why it done very well there. Um, I know if you're talking about con- controversy, well, actually, I'm kind of getting in the tangent here. Let me roll it back a little bit. Um, I know what I said about Marvel. Um, is it? Can I say Deadpool one and two? Um, well, yeah, De- Deadpool. I know those yeah, aren't Marvel Cinematic. Those are uh, Fox. Well, we're talk- yeah, well, we're talking about superhero movies. So yeah, obviously, yeah, just just to say what you guys want to say. Because um, you know, Deadpool's already very controversial in its own right. Well. It, not really. I, I mean, most people love that movie, and it's, it's done so sweet. well with the audience. But it, it's a fifteen. It's much more edgy and more foul-mouthed and un-PC than what we are typically used to, unless you watch The Boys on Amazon. But which I do. Um, I personally, I dig it. But I think Deadpool kind of started, you know, on a more mainstream level. What Super James Gunn's movie already did. I actually like Super a great deal. I don't know many people who've seen it, unless you're a fan of Guardians of the Galaxy and the recent Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad film. But it's an 18 certificate for strong body violence. It. Um, it has scenes of people being hit with wrenches and I think hammers. A man is bludgeoned to death, and there's blood on the back. There's attempted rape. There's even a hentai scene, and um, yeah, it's, it's a uh, yeah, it's very grounded in realism. It's like a it's kind of like kick-ass, only even more, you know, gritty, even grittier, even more realistic, and even more sort of like this do a reflection on what a suit, what kind of person would actually be a superhero. I'm just, yeah, making a person seem quite sad and pathetic, really. But um, Well, he had, you know, radical um, religious viewpoints, and he thought he was being saved by God to kill all these pederasts and um, looters and whatnot. Um, it's it's a very edgy and un-PC film if you're that, into that sort of thing. But I, I personally love it a lot more than Kick-Ass. Now, I will say, just to get off topic, that was a film that I really should not have thought should have been a 15. I know you probably will disagree with me on that one. I do. But, um, no, we're going to have to, yeah. It's a... You know, when I first saw, essentially, a teenager or a very young girl saying, okay, you cunts, let's see what you can do, and then slashing, dancing oh, yeah. people to I'm death... Right. And watching a person explode in a 
sort of air compression microwave a la License to Kill and a graphic torture scene, he was being beaten to death. Um, that caught me quite by surprise. I saw it when I was at the West End, really enough. I was saw it before I went to see an opera. We had free tickets to it. We were on a London day trip. I thought, blimey, I didn't know 15 films can get away with that much. So I didn't see Dog Soldiers at the time. I saw yeah. Hot Fuzz, and I thought Hot Fuzz was bad until I saw Kick-Ass. Yeah, well, think about it. I mean, clearly, like Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead, I presume you may have seen that. I don't know if you had, but... um, um, Yes, I did. It was on ITV the time I saw it. Yeah, and you've got to in... admit that, due to their tone, you can probably see why, because obviously the tone of a film can affect... can. Uh, alleviate its rating, which the BBFC have admitted, and yeah, this ha- Kick-Ass did have a much uh, less heavy, how should we say, tone than Super did. Well, uh, or maybe you don't agree, I don't know. No, but you, you're welcome to set your opinion. But yes, I mean, um, it, it is um, a little bit more frivolous and a bit more light-hearted, I presume, but they're both considered dark comedies and show a more sort of nastier side of vigilantism that's a bit more grounded in some form of reality. But Super's DIY. That was very low budget. This one had at least a bit of money to it. But I, I mean, get yeah, what you mean. It. That, um, could have been more affected. that could have affected the rating as well. I, I don't know. I'm just... No, but, cynical. but the, you know, humor can alleviate, and the more what they would say is if it's unrealistic, it can uh, push a film that otherwise may have been an 18 had this been like natural born killers to something a little bit more sanitized at the 15 level. I'm sure they probably use the same logic with the Suicide Squad film that I just saw like That's what a year said. or two ago. And that I know some people really said that was too, too violent, and yes, it was very so. gory, but um. You know, having seen Kick-Ass and Deadpool, I, I kind of think you know, it, it sits on the higher end of the 15 spectrum. Um, but in many ways, it, it's kind of pretty much just riffing off from what Peter Jackson did back in the 80s with um, or the 90s with Bad Taste and Dead Alive and Brain Dead. There was also that, oh, what was it called? That film, that other Kiwi film, Black Sheep. Oh, Yes. Um, I wanted to see that well. at the cinema uh, at the time, but I couldn't. But I don't know. They didn't play in my area. I actually liked that movie. Um, but sorry, go off topic. Well, I mean, that's again, like I say, we do tend to ramble at times, and you can probably always edit around being the uh, uh, edit around the uh, irrelevant stuff. You can also edit, edit around me tripping over my words a bit, if it makes sense. But um, obviously, Deadpool did the most to sort of popularize R-rated superhero movies, as the Americans would say. Obviously, it's not the first R-rated superhero movie. I don't. Possibly, a first one in that uh, in that regard would be Dark Man. Have you seen that? Yep, that's actually one of my favorite um, superhero films. And to my benefit, it's not based off pre-existing, pre-existing material, so I can enjoy it more. I don't know why that is an 18 certificate. It's it not felt very 12. It's 15 now. Oh, they re-rated it? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, let's face it. If they've chilled out a lot. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't merit its 18 rating. I mean, it's uh, it's definitely 15 rating. It, obviously, it's got the bad language, and it's got the... Uh, there's got some level of violence and everything, like with the whole cutting people's thumbs. Well, I don't really see that, to be fair. 
because I remember strong, uh, it's stronger than a twelve. I remember seeing it because I got it at the library or something one time, and I was thinking, you know, like you said, oh, that, that was a bit on the very mild side because, uh, like you said, we don't see explicit shots of um, dismemberment of people's fingers and whatnot, and also there's I think a scene where a man is being bagged and he's suffocating through plastic bags. I know that sometimes that can push a film to 15 That's if you show that sort hard. of thing. That's pretty horrid stuff, yeah. Um, I know that film kind of freaks you out. We, we talked about it on private conversations, but... Um, oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. <laughs> I can see why. I mean, uh, the man's facial disfigurement is quite gnarly there. Um, but in many ways, it kind of was like a riff on Phantom of the Opera. And it was proto-Deadpool in that both characters had facial disfigurements that were quite nasty. Well, you want to talk about it ripping off that film and The Crow, which came out three years later, I think. Uh, well, it came out a few years later. They both seem to be a rip-off of both Batman and Robocop. Actually, I, you know, I would agree with that in, in some way. Well, you can see the Robocop similarities in that the main hero gets killed by the bad guys, gets essentially resurrected or, you know, okay, okay I know he doesn't get killed in Darkman, but he, for all intents and purposes, he does. And he gets back, he comes back with his superpowers or his enhancements or whatever. And then he goes and, uh, well, he goes and kills the bad guy, those same bad guys. So, I mean, yeah, I just can't help but see the, uh, the similarities. Amanda Wise, if I haven't even said that it's like the resurrection of Jesus story that they even made. Um, that's me doing the director, uh, Herr Verhaven. He's here in the Netherlands. Or Verhaven. Or Verhoven. In the Dutch way, uh, the O and the E has an E eh sound, like Matt Granen, uh, the guy down Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so he I, knows who he is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I know I'm saying the bloody obvious, but it's fun <laughs> every once in a while. But yes, um, and yeah, you said Robocop. That I am probably in the minority here, but I think that is a superhero film in many ways. Even yeah, though it's not way. based off any sort of pre-existing material, it does use very similar traits of um, this lone person. He was killed or uh, someone wronged him. Now he seeks vengeance against those that wronged him. Now in a soup, in a costume. Um, that's usually the sort of principle I use for addressing these types of works. The only one that that doesn't work out for is V for Vendetta and Joker. Yeah, you can sure. I'll probably infer why I don't include those as superhero works. Well, I mean, they're yeah, they've got a mask. Well, I mean, V Vendetta's got a masked uh, a masked vigilante, but um, he's less of a superhero. He's more a terrorist slash serial killer and obviously he's not, I'm not saying it's a slasher movie and everything it's just more of a sci-fi dystopia and everything uh, yeah and stuff like that I'm, yeah I don't think maybe we'll consider it a superhero well I'll tell everyone the reason why if the themes oh. are way too realistic for most people to grasp a superhero film has to be at least uh, held in some regards as fantasy Joker there's nothing fantastical about it V for Vendetta. You already live in um, under fascism. Many people live under such, even in the US and the UK, but you may not even know it because you read the Daily Mail or Fox News. So that's my reasoning behind why I don't include those as superhero works, even though by definition they are DC comics. And uh, Joker, in many regards, is essentially taxi driver falling down in that Gaspar Noe film that he did about an angry, lonely butcher who commits incest. 
and King of Comedy. Yep, that too. Um, it's, there's nothing heroic about it. Well, it's not a heroic film. He's an anti-hero by any chance. But if well, your argument book. is, it's, uh, if your argument is it's too realistic, you'd have to you'd have to remove the entire Dark Knight trilogy because their whole their whole concept is that they're grounded in realism. I mean, how realistic you might consider them, I don't know. But I mean, compared to like the previous Batman films, where it has some sort of fantastical elements and everything, this one just threw all that to the wind and said no we're going to make it look like it takes place in the real world that's why the Joker in the Dark Knight isn't bleached he just wears makeup and uh, you know shit like that well maybe my logic might be a little bit twisted because also like I said I don't come from a superhero comic book background and um, I don't have much of an affinity with Batman like I do um, let's say with some of the other properties if anything I'd say Incredibles is my go-to superhero work well, you know, a few others in between. But yes, I, I, I do get what you mean by that assessment. Um, I know I said about those uh, more 15, more adult-oriented superhero films. The one that I come to mind is Watchmen. That was the first, one of the first 18 films I ever saw. Aside from this film's not yet made and Lockstock. I'm afraid so for everyone who's listening out there. I'm, I'm sorry to disappoint everyone. I'm, but I am a millennial. I love Rugrats. I, 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 I don't like TikTok, me. and I don't eat avocado toast like the Gen Z people. So yeah, that I don't know where that comes from. <laughs> well, they say it's us millennials who eat uh, avocado toast, but fucking I don't. I mean, but uh, but yeah, I mean the Watchmen. Uh, I yeah, I screw up on Mr. Blobby. <laughs> but the, the Watchmen, the movie. I mean, I don't know if it's quite as good as the comics and everything, but no, I'd say it's a. But I do think it's a. It's good. I mean. Alan Moore said he didn't. Well, he hasn't watched it. He doesn't tend to watch the movies that are based on his uh, uh, based his works uh, ever since *League of Extraordinary Gentlemen* was such an absolute fuck up. But um, you know, I mean, I, I think the uh, the watch was good. Yeah, sure, they changed the ending a bit. Uh, I don't want to get too much into spoilers, but if you've read the comic and seen the film, you'll know what I'm talking about. Or hell, if you've even watched the uh, the recent TV show that was out a few uh, a few years back, yeah. You, you'd realise there was a somewhat different between uh, what we talked about there happened on that night and uh, how it's done in the movie. Well, the, um, for anyone who is curious, the HBO version, or Sky Atlantic, I think, that um, takes a completely different direction. It also racialises the premise and whatnot and does not follow the, the original graphic novel that from which it was based on. The Watchmen film, more or less, is pretty much... I would argue, a passionate adaptation of the source material, although they did have to condense down into three different versions. One version has the tales of the Black Friday backstory, and then the other one is a bit more of a, like a director's cut sort of thing that goes for about three hours. Zack Snyder's a very annoying in that regard. He did it with Justice League, which I, I can't relate to, but I do like Watchmen. That's, I think it's his best film. But it is the first, one of the first 18 films I saw, aside from Lockstock, and this film's not yet rated. And something about that movie freaked me out, particularly during the scene where he just punches a woman to death and attempts to rape her. That that did not um, that made me uncomfortable, and I, I actually had a nightmare after going in the cinema. In fact, that whole cinema experience was a bit of a nightmare for me because they also played ads from uh, road safety and safe sex, and combined with you know scenes of people being having their arms sawed off as well as attempted rape and everything in between. That made it quite an uncomfortable experience. Well, that was rated 18, mate. I mean, I mean, you've got to have some expectations. No, that, that is true there. I mean, I'm not ashamed. I, I saw it. 
Um, I, I bragged about it because, hey, I've got to see uh, an 80s to forget film. Um, perhaps maybe one I probably um, shouldn't have seen at the cinema, but um, maybe I, my father may have broke the law by taking me to go see it. It's just like he did with Wild Wild West and Super Spider-Man, but that's another story oh, yeah. here and there. Uh, I mean, well, our first 18 rate film I saw at cinema was 28 days later, but it's not a superhero movie, so we won't uh, dwell on that. But, uh, but it is a horror. Beat. And, and you, we will talk about on the 31st of October. Yeah, that's fine. Like I say, we talk about Robocop. I think that may be the first ever 18-rated film I'd ever seen. Um, so, yeah, I mean, of course, that didn't happen. I mentioned it in one of our previous podcasts. Like, well, I did a number of me, because I think it was like five when I saw it. And I, the scene where Murphy gets shot is just ugh, really horrible for a little kid to watch. No, it, it's, it's brutal. It's, it's brutal. Um, I, I didn't respond to it quite the same way because when I saw Robocop, I was at, at the very least 22, 21. I saw it quite late, but it is, it is a powerful film indeed. And I don't think Hollywood has that grasp on making the film quite as good as that as far as superhero films are concerned. Um, I know I'm kind of rambling on here and there, but um, you kind of get the idea. I know when we were talking about DC comics and whatnot, for anyone who is curious, my, my favorites are um, like Watchmen and uh, I actually am also a fan of Teen Titans Go the Movies. Don't ask why, but I <laughs> no, think a it's a very funny fuck you at the superhero franchise to 2010's hysteria about superhero films overall. So I feel there's satire. It was much better than that Lego Batman film. And it was a PG, so you can't go wrong. I always like seeing animated films that push the envelope a little bit, especially when you see a guy who's punched to death, almost, and uh, a joke about at the end, kids, ask where your parents, where babies come from. <laughs> but, um, well, I mean, uh, well. well, I mean, yeah, I think, you know, I, I saw the film once, I thought it was, and I did think it was quite funny and everything. Uh, didn't really make much more to talk about, but uh, yeah, it was a uh, that was a fun a fun flick, that's for sure. I'm not surprised it was very PG because again, most uh, wasn't it most uh, kids' uh, cartoon films are nowadays, and it's just a bit not too sure. Oh, well, it, that's just become a become the norm. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, back in our day, and this was especially true for even like the 12 films now, they probably would have been PGs back then, is that there's been a sort of weird sanitization effort on the part of parents to make it seem like, oh, if it's PG or if it's 12A or PG-13, more older kids will go see it because they don't want to see something that they view as childish. Well, Yeah, but of course, they they make kids go see it. Well... I asked those very same parents who were Gen Xers and baby boomers, how would you like it if you were told you couldn't see that movie at 13? What the great thing about PG was there was no sort of age limit or restriction that was sort of predicated. You could even see a film as nasty as Jaws as young as six or seven if you wanted to, but that would be up to your parent. They didn't need to necessarily say you had to be 12 or 15 to go see something of the sort. I, I can't remember nostalgic for that. I'm sure you are too. Well, for my, well, yeah, I mean, well, PG's always been de-restricted and everything. I mean, anybody of a kid of any age can go see it. Whereas, of course, with a um, 
now with a 12a as we know you can only see it unattended if you're over 12 but um hell when i was in four earlier today i mean there's quite a there's this uh family family there who had like these two little kids and one couldn't have been much couldn't have been on five or maybe six and he, um you know he kept like running back up and forth the steps to go sit with his parents or one of his family and it was like i mean a four love and thunder isn't it's not particularly like a strong 12A, but it's a 12A nonetheless. It's uh, quite violent in some places. It's got, I mean, it's mostly swearing, I'd say. They say lots of, uh, the word shit is mentioned quite a, quite a bit. And of course, there's some sexual references, which, well, again, I'm not strong. They'd be too strong for a PG rating. So it's like, I don't know if I really should take your kid to go see this film. And um and okay, well, there is one scene, I think, scene where someone gets her uh, arm cut off, I'm not too sure. But it's like, I don't really think that your kids go see this film. I mean, I know you can take under 12 to go see it. I'm not saying that you shouldn't take under 12 to go see it, but when, they, when you're getting below, say, eight, maybe don't. No, I get that reasoning there. I mean, I, I would agree with that assessment. I, I didn't start watching. Well, 12 certificate stuff until I was perhaps about nine or more or less, yeah. Without saying my age, about like nine, maybe seven or eight. And it started kicking in the full gear when I started turning nine and everything in between. But yeah, I get what you mean. <laughs> so your experience <laughs> with Four Love and Thunder was a bit unusual. Um, I'm sure Doctor Strange 2 was probably even more of a nightmare because I've heard so much about it being this scary, violent movie that will freak out kids! Well, I'm not going to lie, that's not completely unfounded. I mean, by the standards of a Marvel film, one of these 12A-rated superhero movies I see, yeah, that is quite scary. It hints of Brightburn in it. I mean, I wouldn't say it's quite as scary as The Batman, and I haven't seen Morbius, like I say, I don't fucking care to. I'll wait till it's sort of free and streaming, just so I can watch it out of morbid curiosity. But, I mean, in terms of, like, how good those two films are, I thought they're, they're all right. They're both about two hours long, and I couldn't help but thinking, hmm, because they're so much shorter than a lot of the really big-time Marvel films. I can't think, maybe they just compressed it a bit. They chopped a footage out and everything. I mean, in both cases, I felt a lot of the humorous scenes are kind of falling flat as no one in the cinema seemed to be laughing. But, um, I mean, all in all, they're not... Yeah, they're okay, all right films. I mean, Doctor Strange 2 was was quite an interesting due to the horror elements, which not only I did not expect to see in the Marvel film, I was quite impressed with the BBFC for allowing it a 12A rating, although they do admit it's really because of the established universe and established characters that they felt reduced the impact, so he allowed to get away with it. Well, that could be a bit of a controversial test in of itself because you could say the same thing about, like, the Batman or Venom 1 and 2. And also... but also. A strange beast in of itself. I'll let you talk on that one. Well, I mean, the Venom films hadn't uh, existed prior to that. I mean, yeah, we had Batman films right up. This is a new form of Batman. It wasn't like an already part of a pre-existing like uh, cinematic franchise like Marvel was. This is a complete uh, sort of reboot or retreading. So that's kind of what... And yeah, I mean, I, I saw the Batman, totally understood why the BBFC... Uh, rated it 15. I mean, 
they say they got like 384 complaints during the year of 2008 because of it. They given the Dark Knight a 12A rating, and uh, they've stood. They they've stood by the the rating, even though only 70% of people responding say they agreed with 12A, which sounds high. But usually they get a response of like 90% agreeing with it. But they have stood by it, and uh, that's good. I respect them for it because I think it's fine at 12A. But I, mean, I would have said uh, for the for Batman to have been rated 12A, it would have taken a lot of bottle and a lot of backbone for the BBFC to do that, and I just don't think they've got it in them. Well, I'm sure they're just trying to be a little bit cautious, especially now with um, media organisations have to be now a little bit more accountable to not only films, but also social media posts and people's mental health, if they're putting suicide posts or sexting. So by virtue of that, combined with the controversy of the Dark Knight, when that first came out, I remember seeing all the papers saying, are you sure you want to take your children to go see this film? Daily Mail was, I think, one of the big contributors. I think The Guardian had a few words to say as well. I remember reading about it. I was at an Indian sweet shop. Delicious delicacies right there. If you go over in Wolverton. I thought, blimey, now I have to see this. Because I wasn't, I wasn't going to see it, but then I ultimately did because of all the um, hoopla that was surrounding it. But yeah, um, it, it did spook me out um, as much, but I did find a lot of the scenes of him threatening people with knives in people's mouths was a bit ooh, uh, sadistic. And then I think there was a scene where he puts like a bomb or something on someone's stomach. Not too graphic, but yeah, that is quite yeah, the sort you- of thing you'd see like more or less in Seven. Which I know the new Batman takes a lot out of seven, and David Fincher. And that's eighteen. To land. Yeah, well, yeah. obviously, it doesn't have the, the level of a gore and violence. It's just the tone is there, is there in the new Batman film. So, the the new Batman film is far more horrific, far more scarier than anything Christopher Nolan or Tim Burton ever did. So, two were uh, <clears throat> so the BBFC weren't exactly. Out completely out of line by giving it a 15 rating. It just begs the question whether or not there should be a 15A because to say if you're 14 years old you're not allowed to go see it, I think is a little bit excessive. Not that a 14 year old wouldn't be able to go see it because he could play just sneak in, but you know what I'm saying. I, I do though. I mean Ireland already has the upper hand on this. Yeah, well, no, are you, are no, you no, think Ireland with all of its strong religious uh, backbone and uh, conservative Catholicism, which has become a lot more liberal over the past five years, they would say, no, I have to give this a bit of a 16 years. They said it was okay for 15-year-olds, and if, you want to, if you're under 15, you can go ahead and see it. To even in Ulster or Northern Ireland, they gave it, uh, like, well, at least one of the cinemas in Belfast, they gave it a 15A as a test mm. pilot, um, saying, you know, fuck you, BBFC, we're going to do what we want in our own decisions. So I get more of these youngins to come see it. Um, oh, but that that questionable accent aside, I mean, it does have like a sound a lot like what we did with Spider Man back in two thousand two, twenty years ago. Uh, uh, that's they, what I was thinking. The whole thing, PG twelve. Yeah, and maybe who knows? Maybe the BBFC might actually listen and actually think, you know what? Maybe we could do this and everything. Uh, whether or not we should have fifteen eight, I don't know. I mean, that's a question I can see either side of and everything. Fifteen A maybe eighteen A nah just leave that as eighteen, um, but uh, but you know I don't know what I was going to say now actually, but ultimately well, I don't think a twelve A would have uh, they could have really done a twelve A like I say if they 
got that many complaints for Dark Knight, they would have been inundated with this one. Oh no, I, I well, I haven't seen it. I'm not that interested, but I, I would presume you are right in some respects in regards. I have seen a few clips of it here and there, and I definitely sensed a much more sinister tone that even, like I said, reminded me of uh, David Fincher's Seven or perhaps the Saw movies. Yeah. So it's, yeah, that's um. Right there. Oh yeah, that that does not sound like a. But here's the weird thing, even more so than the 15th certificate. Germany gave it a 12. France said it was okay for all ages to go and see it, as long yeah, as, France. you know, there's a parental guidance warning. I think Canada gave it a PG yeah, when they should have been like 14A or something. And then I think New Zealand maybe was probably the one outlier here. They gave it an R13. Yeah, so I, I'll, I'll try not to do the accents here, but I, I find so much amusement in doing it. And I'll, I'll go ahead and say this. Well, if uh, the youngins go find ways to try to copy a lot of the violence that that incel backer named Riddler tries to do in the bloody Batman film, an Australian, by the way, so we're going to give an R13 just to seem like we're a bit more strict than them Blade Bogans. <laughs> Is that well, a bad Kiwi dialect? Hey, you're going to see the new title YTT film for Love and Thunder. The only thing I can convince, I can convincingly say in a New Zealand accent is, how dare you? How dare you? I can only say that because I once asked a Kiwi girl if she was Australian, and obviously you can imagine that's the response we got. Yeah, you'll be not around right at the end here, fella. <laughs> yeah. I'll make us sound like a bunch of Bay Bogans and Paul Hogan Crocodile Dundee fuckers. They're yeah, very foul-mouthed, they them lot. Yeah, they <laughs> lost I'm... to Ireland in the rugby today. Oh, they did? Oh. <laughs> and they're the kings of it down there. <laughs> yeah, although South Africa are current world champions. But, uh, yeah, they're generally quite good at rugby as in New Zealand. Let's not get sidetracked. Um, you know, a lot of British people love their sports. I'm, I'm a West Ham supporter. I don't connect with rugby as much. But if anyone is curious, um, for all you American fans out there, I, I do like... Uh, Denver Broncos and the Los Angeles Chargers. All right, I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop. But um, no, 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 I mean, just fair. I want to talk about NFL for a bit. I mean, Atlanta uh, Falcons, LA Lakers. Or no, I know we have baseball on. LA Lakers baseball or be basketball? Or be NFL? NBA. They're NBA, well, are they? I mean, I, I must see, you know, I've seen a few sports events here and there, mainly just so I can connect with uh, some people who. You know, watch the sports. Also, because I like Space Jam, but um, I'm more of a uh, football. I refuse to call it soccer, so don't ever use that word in front of me. And I like golf and tennis oh. and badminton. Whatever, whatever floats your boat. Anyway, uh, and uh, Olympics. I always watch the Olympics, but yes. Um, anyway, superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> well, some superheroes have very sporty elements and athletics and whatnot. Thor Ragnarok, I think that was set like in a sort of wrestling gladiatorial setting and whatnot. There was, um, there was a bit of that, yeah. But uh, you were saying about Thor, Love and Thunder, and you're saying about the sexual references and innuendos. Um, well, there's all... not a huge amount. I mean, there's just something or anything. I mean, uh, I'm all like... reminded because Guardians of the Galaxy characters are in it, like Star Lord, and I think. Oh, there was a lot in the first. Yeah, I, I know where you're going with this. And, and you first, know, they're, they're known for being quite cheeky and a bit rude. 
They're like the <laughs> Deadpools of the MCU, even though Deadpool is not MCU. Yeah, only with PG thirteen language, not R rated language. But um, yeah, mm. I remember in um, uh, in the first Guardians of the Galaxy, Quill re- or Star Lord references a what's it a, a blue light or something or a black light? What the hell? What type of light is that thing? Um, it's been a long time. I, I can't tell you there. All I can tell you is that from the clips and stuff that I did see, um, it's it's probably the the cheeky cousin of the uh, Marvel bunch while the Eternals is the goth crowd is what I'm inferring at. And then if you're talking about DC, well, Batman has, you know, is the bleak evil excuse me, is the bleak evil undercuts and then Shazam and Teen Titans and all that shit. That's the more um, goofy cousin in the lot. I know animated superheroes because I've mentioned two times go early on in Incredibles don't get as much love and press as one would think but I do have a soft spot for maybe perhaps an animated Japanese cartoon that has superhero elements it uses the source Sailor Moon magical girl premise it's called Puni Puni Poeme now it's an 18 it's been banned in New Zealand right back at you you, you probably can infer as to why it was banned. Considering it's an anime, I can, yeah, I could probably fathom a reason, reasons I don't really want to go into. Overly, is it like overly sexualizing of, uh, of minors? Unfortunately, yes. I would like to ignore those parts about it and just focus on the, the humor and comedy of it all because it's from the same people who've done Excel Saga. Um, in many ways, it, like, the superhero males because it's a Cape Crusader transforms to the power by magic, kind of like Captain Marvel. But it is the 80s certificate, so don't show it to the kids. You can find it on YouTube for free, weirdly enough. Um, I, I, that's probably outside of Incredibles and perhaps Teen Titans Go to the Movies and Megamind, my favorite animated superhero work. And it's very irreverent, like Haunted World of El Superbisto. I don't know if that's superhero, but it is animated. It's very raunchy, but it's a 15, but it feels like I was watching a Ralph Bakshi cartoon. Well, I mean, I can imagine it would be. I mean, if we're talking about anime, I could probably bring up My Hero Academia. Uh, but to be honest, I mean, I haven't watched it in the meantime, but well, I, can imagine just, I can recommend just watching it, but not a huge amount to talk about. By the way, it was called a black light, after all. That, um, that, that's what uh, Quill references in the first uh, Guardians of the Galaxy film. Oh, if you want to talk about uh, superhero movies, and uh, if we're talking about like BBFC or MPA ratings, of course, if we could go back to the Tim Burton Batman movies. Absolutely. Well, I mean, that was the first uh, film that they assigned 12. a 12 certificate to. At the time, you know, UPG 1518, there was a big gap. Um, so I'm not surprised that they created the 12 to try to uh, more or less fall in line with the Americans who've had the PG-13 since the um, mid-80s. Yeah, only that wasn't de- that was de-restricted, whereas the 12 wasn't. And clearly BBFC missed the point. My brother was uh, 11 when Batman came out, but he was quite a late bloomer and therefore could never pass for 12. But he was really upset, but he couldn't see Batman. So that was, uh, that was a bit of shit. But of course, I mean, what we also... Thing to add is that while they brought the 12 rating out, 
it was only available on uh, at the cinema. They didn't actually bring out video in for another five years. So, of course, the Batman movie, just about every other 12-rated movie at the time, had to be up, just bumped up to play 15 on freaking... Dean, at, uh, when it, as soon as it came out on video, it was like, oh, great, you're in the same rating as Lethal Weapon 3 or freaking First Blood Part 2 or, you know, Speed and shit like that. It's just... Razor with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, that was an 18 to begin with, but yeah, you're, I can see where you're going. Yeah, and of course. But... And of course, um, what uh, with Batman Returns, uh, that that was of was rated 12 at the cinema, but again, again, but this time it was cut. Uh, you may be aware of this. I don't know. Obviously, there was a scene involving nunchucks. Obviously, they had to go because it was James Furman and nunchucks were just a complete no-no, regardless of. Uh, of rating because Furman was a dick and just wouldn't let go on it. There's also a scene where Catwoman uh, makes a bomb out of a microwave and some aerosol cans in one of uh, Max Shrek's shops. And of course, that's an imitable behavior. So that had to be cut out to avoid a 15. Of course, uh, no, that's fair enough. But oh, ain't that just fucking typical? As soon as they fucking come to the, uh, well, come. Jesus Christ, I'll start again. So it comes to video time. You might want to edit around this a bit. Um, and that's to be bumped up to a 15 anyway, regardless of the cuts. Of course, now the, uh, the, the nunchucks are allowed in at the 12, but the um, the bomb-making scene still has to be rated at 15. So unfortunately, it's a completely uncut 15 nowadays. Yeah, I, I found that um, quite bizarre in of itself too. Because uh, US and Canada, they didn't have that issue. They just gave it PG-13 as is. But I, I know, you know, there's a lot of public hysteria. There's a lot of it stemming around the video nasty scare in the 80s, which in turn led for the BBFC under the provisions of the Thatcher government, as well as perhaps John Major, to go tough, to go straight on anything they think would damage children, even the most trivial aspects, like throwing sausages that look like Nunchaku on uh, Secret of the Ooze, Teen t- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But yes, um, b- bizarre policies indeed. Thankfully, we don't have that anymore since 2000, but one has to wonder. Uh, even at time, they let a lot of things pass through at UMPG level that um, even still astounds me for to this day. Um, you know, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, good example of that. That's, that's proto-superhero. That's uh, um, folklore, British folklore. Nottingham, Sleaf and Mods, whoa! But <laughs> I know I'm getting off topic here, but yes. Um... Okay, I think uh, Canada, or at least I think one of the regions of Canada did give Batman Returns a 14A. However, all other uh, Batman films have been rated PG in that area. So yeah, I think that goes to show what Batman, re- how a bit more <laughs> excessive Batman Returns actually was. But, uh, but well, so, I know there's some, um, uh, like, I think attempted rape, and there was also some sexual innuendo surrounding Michelle Pfeiffer character dressed like a sort of SM goddess. Well, and the scene, that and the scene, well, there's a scene where she scratches out that mugger's face with her claws, and where uh, Penguin bites that guy's nose and everything. I mean, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bit gruesome and everything. I mean, in terms of actual, actually being dark or intimidating, again, not as bad as the uh, Nolan films, especially not The Dark Knight, which is, you know, very, very dark, very edgy, very gritty. Uh, and this new 
the Batman film, which just takes it to a whole new level and pretty much makes those look quite silly. But, I mean, at the time, yeah, I mean, the only superhero movies around pretty much before bloody uh, the Tim Burton Batman films were those Superman films. And of course, Christopher they were all, Reeves. Yeah. They were all uh, PG rated. And uh, they're all just. And of course, yeah, they were much more upbeat and happy and everything. Uh, of varying quality, of course. The first two were brilliant, and Superman 4 is bollocks. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, I'm probably rambling a bit off topic now, but that's good. Sh- but I. Uh, you know, if you want to talk about superhero movies and uh, you want to talk about, about film censorship or film ratings and everything, like we tend to, uh, it's a bit of the, the Tim Burton Batman movies are kind of an elephant in the room, especially Batman Returns. So that's why I felt I needed to mention them. No, no, you're, you're doing the right thing. It's because there's been many BBFC case studies and reports about that particular film and how uh, the 12th certificate came to be. I think most people will sort of forget about 12's origins, be it with the A, without the A, if it was for superheroics. It's a sad reality, but the fact is most children identify with Cape Crusaders, just like they would animated characters. Now, I would have benefited under the, the, the 12A um, had it come out much earlier when perhaps Beavis and Butthead to America came out. Or if there was a 15A where um, Team America came out, I would have benefited with that. So I couldn't see Team America World Police when it came out, and it pisses me off. Well, that would have been... Well, that's a 15-rated film. Exactly. It's not a superhero, yeah. but, you know, it's, it's anime. It's puppets. And I, I, I identified with that sort of thing um, a lot more than Cape Crusaders. So that's why anytime when I go to a cinema and there's an animated film that's usually higher than a PG, even at times a PG, it does pique my curiosity quite a bit. Well, an animated film as PG isn't isn't nothing to write home about now. That's just basically a a kid's film. If it's a 12A rating, yeah, that might be quite quite worth uh, checking out everything. Uh, Obviously, when you get to 15s and 18s, and yeah, obviously you want to see that, but I mean... Well, nowadays I make sure I, I just check the tomato meter to make sure it's actually good for I go see it because I'm not going to fucking waste my time going to see, see a shit well, film. That's uh, why I basically with, just... <laughs> Pardon? Well, especially with prices going up at around 11 or 12 quid just to go see a picture, you have to wonder yourself, hmm... Well, no, most of, most of the um, cinemas in my area can get you a a uh, ticket for about four quid, but then you go add on the snacks and everything. But it's not just the it's not just the prices; it's just the time you're taking out your day to go see it. Because it's not just the bloody film; it's the uh, adverts and the trailers and the walking there and back. And it's like if it's a shit film, you're just wasting your time. That's why I didn't bother with Morbius because I knew that was just going to be a waste of my goddamn time. And it's also why I missed just skipped Jurassic Park Dominion which is like the first Jurassic Park film I haven't seen at the cinema. And of course, yeah, I'm breaking the habit of a lifetime, but I didn't like Jurassic Fallen Kingdom, not Jurassic Park, Jurassic World Dominion. I didn't like Fallen Kingdom so much. I just said, I sod it, I'm not seeing it, especially if it's two and a half hours long. But again, getting off topic. No, but it pertains to your childhood and your nostalgia, because you saw Jurassic Park, that was one of the first films you ever saw. My one was Toy Story. Which coincidentally are both PG rated. That that still boggles my mind, especially. But I, I, that's I mean, I think another it. story um, in of itself. 
But yeah. um, my concern, superhero films, even so, or no superhero films, will there ever be a future for 15 or 18 films at the cinema? With everything going now, everything to Netflix and Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, you have to wonder to yourself that thrill of going to see even at best an animated film or a superhero film that's a 15 or 18 is probably never going to happen or it's going to happen very, 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 very rarely. Do you think that, do you think, believe in the same thing as I do? I, I don't think so, to be honest. I mean, you look at the, the bank that movies are still making. I mean, ever we thought basically after the uh, pandemic, I mean, people just weren't going to bother with su- cinema anymore anyway. But then Spider-Man No Way Home made $1.8 billion. And was like, well, people still want to go to the cinema, don't they? I mean, and if it's a film that's worth seeing, I think it's going to be given as interest. I mean, yeah, the fact that it's going to be rated 15 or 18 isn't going to stop people who are actually old to see those films. I'm going to see it, especially if the film is actually getting some damn good reviews and the reviews do make do make a good difference and people think they don't but they do because that's obviously what made the difference between a batman getting freaking being currently the third highest grossing film of a of a year so far and morbius just disappearing with a whimper no nope, you're absolutely right well, i mean the superhero people they're very loud on the internet some of them be quite misogynistic they spoke they said, nope, we're not going to have this revisionist or whatever this nonsense claptrap that uh, Jared Leto is in. Also, no one likes him because he was a uh, joker in Suicide Squad number one. That's another story. I know that's a 15 film, weirdly enough, but it felt been. awfully mild. Yeah, I know. There's no freaking way. But it was a clear PG-13 rate film. The BBFC just felt it had... It had to be rated 15 for reasons, I don't know, too dark, or maybe it's because they were bad guys. I mean, it's fucking stupid. Yeah, but it's like, no fucking way. Actually, they should have got, they should have got away with a 12A. You're complete dicks for rating that fucking 15, especially considering both the, the new Suicide Squad film and that Harley Quinn Birds of Prey both got 15s as well. They are rated stateside. And you can tell because of just the level of not just violence, but bad language as well. Oh, yes. Well, there's a market difference. That is a modern-day ratings issue that I really can't get my head around. Uh, both Suicide Squads are 15, but one is a hell of a lot more violent than the other. I know Birds of Prey, um, this may sound like I'm a bit of a, a sissy cake or fruit cake, but that scene where a man's face is being skinned alive, I thought, whoa, 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 what's going on here? That, that was gruesome. Well, again, I mean, again, well, you did know it was R-rated, didn't you? I mean... Of course I did. Well, Well, I'm um, just saying that scene maybe was... put me off a little bit, watching uh, implicit um, skinning of someone. That that was a bit too much for even my life. Well, well, possibly. Obviously, remember, it's, you know, not real, so I wouldn't get too, uh, too bogged down on down with it but like but you are right when you say it's a bit weird how the both versions of suicide squad are rated this given the same rating even though they're completely different i have sort of i think come to the regrettable conclusion that our film rating system really needs to match what america's is i know there are going to be discrepancies like there always are 
but America is where the movies come from and the movies are made to fit into their individual rating system. So it's kind of a slap in the face for them to go make them to fit into those specific rating systems and only for it not to get the same rating system over here. It's like, all right, it's PG-13 rating. Oh, but you rate it 15 anyway. So the set, where we would normally expect loads of F-bombs and decapitations, we're just going to see loads of uh, off-screen killings with no blood or anything and everything completely neutered. Sometimes even weaker killings than I might see in some of the 12A-rate films that I've been watching. It's just a bit... Oh, just, just a bit silly, really. I just think it makes this country look a bit silly at times. Well, I, I can't. I can speak for the US because I'm also partially American. Although I'm questioning that your government is shit, and it needs to do something about it. No election can change the fabric of the US government. It's individuals that have to do so. And even with Boris Johnson uh, resigning, I don't think there's going to be some sort of left wing uprising overnight. They're probably going to put in another sort of neoliberal or person wants to send people back to Rwanda, back into the government. But that's the end of the topic there. Thankfully, the traffic is blowing my uh, propaganda and whatnot. But um, yeah. my fear is that if you use the US system, it'll remove any bit of nostalgia and love I have for the BBFC, even with all of its failings. Because well, I don't say if- we have, I don't say we use the exact same. I'm just saying that we try to m- make it make our view our sort of uh sorry i'll get my words out here try to use our ratings make our rate system on the same the same as uh as the mp similar to the mpas like you know we got we got you they got g we've got p we've both got pg we got 12a and we've got pg 13 we've got 15 they've got r and we've got 18 they've got nc 17 you know i mean just you expect to see some sort of syncing up and everything and for the most part they do it's just that sometimes it can be a real just big slap in the face. I mean, most of them just get a bit annoyed because we gave them a higher, we they got a higher rating over here and did America, but it can be the other way as well. I was a bit miffed when freaking that Bill and Ted film that came out the other few years back uh, got, only got a PG over here when it was like, was that was actually rated PG-13 America. It's like, you could have just dropped an F-bomb in there just to get it up, up to 12A. I mean, you're acting like you're, you're pussing out a little bit here. But again, that's just me rambling. No, you're, you're right there. I mean, you know, some of the, I think they said dickweed or something, which, um, you know, it's not a that word I would say in front of my grandmother, but um, it, I don't think it needed necessarily uh, PG-13, but I'm assuming they probably assigned it that particular rating because they want to make it seem like it was appealing to teens. There's still yeah. the stigma about PG being viewed as a family rating. It was never like that when we grew up. It was never like that for the Gen Xs and the baby boomers. And I'm ashamed to see what the, the Gen Z and people who are like of Tom's age or much younger have to grow up now in a heavily sanitized or even for that matter, heavily permissive society with all the shit that passes through YouTube without content restrictions and the internet. There was a thrill where you could see Watchmen and Dread. It was an 18th to get in the cinema. That's completely gone now. Now you can see something as extreme as Elfin Lead or Human Centipede 2 on your phone or on your tablet without age restrictions. Because you can now even go through torrent sites or YouTube to see the clips. And they don't even put the 18 plus filters on them now. The only time they really do that is for music videos. Like Dizzy Ross got a music video that was an 18. 
because he says the C word and he decapitates some people, but it's for laughs. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, maybe you're right. I will admit, like, the internet has made watching risque content just a bit more, just a, oh, pardon me, a bit, a lot easier than it used to be, which makes, which makes you wonder whether or not organizations like the MPAA and the BBFC are even still relevant anymore. But I think we'll just keep them just, just to basically have some sort of um, just because they're so used to them now. I mean, of all those people pissing at when they couldn't see the Batman, dude, they'll be on streaming in like no time whatsoever. Just, just wait a bit. Exactly. It renders its point very mute in many ways. Um, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Now, I think the American system, you know, it has its uh, quirks. And I think if I was growing up here, um, like at 16 and 17, and the, the film in question was in 18, I would have been very happy. You know, seeing, like, let's say, in Glorious Bastards. It was an 18 at home. You couldn't see it. But in America's R, under 17 requires parent or adult or guardian. I'd have been like, okay, I can join. But at the same time, you know, not every, you know, parents can be quite busy these days. And, you know, leaving children to be latchkey. And sometimes teenagers in question can sometimes be left to their own devices and they can be troublemakers and get in trouble with the law and whatnot. Not me, but most kids nowadays. But that's me getting off topic. I'm talking about parental roles and supervision. I don't even have children. I don't want any, thank you, mind you. But uh, yes, and also to close my opinion here, because I'm probably going to end this interview in a little bit. Um, the American system... If anything, the country that's adopting it the most is Australia. How many films do you know in Australia get a G or an R18 plus? I know None. that um, what's it? Uh, Wolf Creek Two was in, was rather heavily cut in Australia to to avoid an R18 plus, which begs me the question: Why? Because like when they sent it like into the rest of the world, they sent it completely uncut and just took the rating they got, like they got the 18 over here, so it's like, well Australia, what, what the fuck, you were making it with your rating boards in mind, what what the fuck were you actually thinking, I'm thinking about the, when I say Australia, I actually mean the people who are making it uh, you must have known it would have gotten uh, an R18, the amount of, that amount of violence you put in, so what the fuck were you even doing but like you know, I mean, well, there is a, a sore stick, but um, I've never been to the land of Oz, I'm afraid, but I, I probably will someday. Um, that if a film is MA15, it will sell even more tickets to their bloody bogans and whatnot, and them fucking poms. And if you sell them some cosses and babies, we'll use a lot of slang that they do because R18 films more or less are not big sellers. The main, if it goes without saying, the highest grossing R18 film. In Oz, mate, is the Wolf of Wall Street because Margot Robbie from Neighbours is in it, um, oh, yeah. which is a bit sad, but it makes sense. But it's still sad that there's no market for films that are specifically for an adult audience, um, even more so than the UK, because at least in the UK, it's probably one of the few countries where adult-only films still have a least viability. Maybe that in Germany. Anywhere else doesn't exist. Canada doesn't no. use the restricted category anymore. Uh, you know, Americans don't use NC-17. We know they I, don't. I'm pretty certain the majority of uh, 
uh, sorry, what the majority of Europe still uses its 18 ratings. Just depending if the film is in question, actually, get up it. Well, France, not so much. I, I know Germany very rarely does. Um, Italy just sort of less disbanded its classification system. In Sweden, Denmark, they it's 15. That's the maximum age. Finland still has the 18, as does Norway, but it's very rarely assigned, especially more so in Norway. Ray 2 and Belko Experiment, I think Hardcore Henry, they got 18s in Norway. And then some uh, sort of pornographic rape revenge film called Holiday. And, oh yeah, Russia, they still give films 18s there. That's the other country I can think of. Well, and South Power Korea. Ranger, well, Power Rangers got a freaking 18 rating in, in Russia because one of the characters being LGBTQ+. Nope, you're absolutely right. I think Singapore, they did the same thing. Um, these are countries that are predominantly Islamic or have very conservative social views, which, as we have seen in recent months, has led itself to being fascistic on certain countries or oppressing certain groups based on their social dogma and agenda, um, which is quite sad. But, um, you know, we're two Westerners. We don't know what we're talking about, that everyone else has to suffer against our own might because the West is evil. We've got problems, too. I wish Britain and America was more like Finland in that regards, in almost every aspect. But that's another story. I think I've said my piece about superhero films and television. I know we probably should have talked about the boys and stuff, but um, that's not a show I know a great deal about. But I know it's an 18. I'm very happy that it's an 18. It's and well earned. Invincible. Uh, which is yeah. animated, that's 18 or some yeah, episodes. Only, only one or two episodes, I think more of them are 15. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's very blunt. The boys really is, does warrant it's 18, not just for the violence, there's sexual content, there's bad language, there's drug references, it's just almost like a, on Tarantino level of just that sort of stuff. Exactly, it makes Deadpool almost look vanilla, or that um, show that you say on ITV1 called No Heroics. <laughs> I remember that show, it was irreverent, but I think from the clips I saw the boys, it definitely goes even farther, and Invincible, for all of its animation, um, definitely is one of the goriest things I've ever seen. Well, That is pretty fucked up, uh, yeah, in some ways. Well, I think um, Angel Cop or... Violence Jet takes the cake on that one, but well, that's another story. Yeah, well, those sort of that sick shit for uh, anime shit could really push some uh, push some boundaries. There's a not surprising. Well, I say it's not surprising. I suppose it's more a reflection of a BBC at the time. But yeah, it was like uh, there were cuts made just to reduction of um, violence. But yeah, they did really lean too much into the uh, violence back there. Then in the a lot of those animes, and they were probably given that responsible for this uh, general uh, perception in the West that anime was just gone and porn. Well, if you think about the most biggest selling titles, except for Dragon Ball, Naruto, and Attack on Titan, they are. Look, what do we oh, talk about? Well, I mean, the most we talk about is fucking Elfin Lead and uh, Crime Freeman and whatnot. We're, we're no angels. We talked about Legend of the Overfiend and the Blue Girl. We're demons. <laughs> well, I mean, well, don't really that sort of stuff. But um, well, obviously, there's a huge range of it. But again, talking about, again, on subject of superheroes and everything. But I suppose with most of it, well, we didn't mention Blade, did we? 
I can make some time for that if you like. Well, I mean, I'll take a few extra extra moments because um, it's hard to tell when uh, this modern superhero craze came from. I tend to fit. Some people say it didn't start until Spider Man. Some people say it started with Blade, but I think it's most like, like most people probably think it started with the X Men movie in 2000. But of course, of course, Blade was quite normally because that was an R-rated action uh, superhero movie that was even rated 18 over here. I mean, and wore it on its sleeve. I mean, I don't know how much people saw it as a superhero movie. It was more just a vampire type, sci-fi type shit. But um, you know, it's a Marvel property, and so yeah, I mean. Of course, that wasn't exactly uh, going to be made. That wasn't exactly a guaranteed hit and everything. They came out the year after Batman and Robin, which they say killed superhero movies. Oh boy, they're laughing at that now. <laughs> well, they spoke too soon there. <laughs> In, indeed, there. <laughs>